Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Whether you're worshiping online with us or whether you're here in the room, we just want to thank you for being here and invite you to just participate in the presence of the Lord that's with us this morning. Before we get started, I'm going to ask you to stand. And uh, Chris Ponce, who's our normal, our regular keyboard player, Chris is not going to be with us for a few weeks. Uh, Chris's mom, you may or may not know, uh, passed away just a week or so ago. And uh, so Chris and, and Vicki have gone down to Florida to take care of funeral arrangements and to be with family. Uh, so Chris won't be with us for a couple of weeks, but he'll be back uh, uh, the second weekend in June. So uh, can we just pause for a minute and pray for Chris and Vicki and their travels and, and for God's favor? God, we thank you for uh, Chris and his gifts and his talents and for Vicki and for what she does here at the church with the seniors and, and with other ministries. And so we pray for them today. We pray for your favor. We pray for safety as they travel. We pray that as they make arrangements for Chris's mom's service, that it would be a celebration of her life and that you would draw the family closer together in that. Uh, God, we just thank you for the opportunity that we have to, to gather together in your presence today to worship you. And so we do that in spirit and in truth today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's worship God together this morning. And mountains are still being
Amen. Praise the Lord. Brothers and sisters, we're here to see the move of God in our lives. Amen. Can we give the Lord another big hand clap? Let's show him how much we appreciate him and being here in the house of God. There's a whole lot of places we could be today. God knows that. And the fact that we thought it not robbery to come between those doors and lift up holy hands unto God. Hands that Jesus made holy through his blood. God is well pleased with all of us. And all those at home, God is touched by the fact that you're watching right now this service and giving him first homage in your day. So uh, let us read a Bible verse that to me depicts so much the great God that we love and that we serve. Psalm 29. It says, Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calf and discovereth the forest. And in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. Let us give glory to God right now, brothers and sisters, as we go before him humbly and seek his ear as we tell him what's on our hearts in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we do right now, as you said we could do, we come boldly before the throne of grace, where you said we can obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our times of need. And Lord, we need you. And we need to tell you how much we depend on you, how much we love you. Christ, we adore you. We, we exalt your holy name. We thank you for the many blessings that you have showered down upon us this week. We thank you for the birds that are chirping outside and the beautiful weather, dear Lord. And we could use a little rain, by the way, Father. But we know that you make all things beautiful in your time. We love you, Lord, and we trust your timing in our lives. Heavenly Father, we ask today that you will forgive us any sins that we may have committed this week. Sins of omission and commission. Forgive us for the things that we should have done that we didn't do. For the person we might have passed along the way that we could have been a blessing to, dear God, if we had just slowed down a little bit. Help us, dear God, to see these opportunities where we can channel into others the blessings that you have bestowed upon us. Heavenly Father, we just ask in the name of Jesus that you bless each and every person that is here today. Your word said it is good and it is pleasant when brethren come together in unity and that there you command a blessing and even life forevermore. Thank you for the blessing, dear God. Thank you for blessing those who are at home and watching this service right now. They may not be here physically, but they're here in spirit and in love and in intention. So, dear God, let your blessings just overflow into their homes, into their lives. Finally, dear God, we just ask that you accept 
for our humble thanksgiving, for all that you've done for us, for watching over us, keeping us safe from dangers seen and unseen alike. We thank you for the hedge of protection that you've raised up around us, around this church, keeping us safe from dangers, dear God, that we don't even know about. That could have happened, but you and your angels stopped them from happening. We just want to say thank you, dear God. Continue blessing us throughout this day, dear Lord, is our, our, our cry, our plea. Keep watching over us. Give your angels charge over us. Cover us with your holy feathers. And we ask in the name of Jesus that you will just order our steps, dear God, according to your word, your will, not ours, your good pleasure. This we humbly ask in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And church, would you join me in saying amen? Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Hey, CTC family. I'm Carrie Ann, and here's this week's news. We are looking forward to our upcoming card show on Sunday, June 20th, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Bear Campus. To make this happen, we need your help. We are looking for three people to set up, five people to direct traffic and park cars, five greeters, and three people to clean up. If you would like to be a part of this team, contact Lynn Poindexter at lpoindexter at ctcde.church. We are so proud of all of those who are graduating, both from high school and college. It is an accomplishment that is worth celebrating. To do that, we need some help. If you have a graduate in your family, please send us two photos, one of the graduate now and one as a child, along with the name of their school, course of study, college, if any they will be attending, and any awards they received in school. Please email this info to Michelle at mpasswaters at ctcde.church by May 25th. This week, the CDC and State of Delaware issue new guidelines for gatherings that include house of worship. These include relaxing the social distancing guidelines to three feet, and it gives us the opportunity to increase the number of people we can have in our services. We have in-person services at the Bear Campus on Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. We are in-person at the Ellesmere Campus Sundays at 11 a.m. If you still want to worship online, that campus will continue to broadcast at 9 a.m. Sundays or on demand at any time. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church or if you're worshiping online, you can hit the request prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. everyone. It's great to see all of you, whether you're in person or if you are online. So again, I want to extend my welcome to you. So if you are new here and you are in person, again, welcome. And once the service is finished, when you exit the sanctuary and go to the left, you will see the welcome center where someone from our pastoral staff will greet you and you will also get a free little gift. And if you are new here online, if you click the new here button, you will be sent to our connect card, or you will be able to write your name and tell us that you are new. And again, I want to say welcome. Or you can see the button that probably just popped up in the chat right now. <laughs> and also, 
for my in-person people, whether you're sitting at your seat or at your table, you will see our Connect card where we would love for you to fill that out so we know that you are here. And also you can write a prayer request because we are always praying for you. And of course, I did not forget about all my online people. Again, if you look at the top, you could click Connect card or the Connect card bubble that most likely just popped into the chat. So now I'm going to pass it over to Pastor Roger. Good morning, everybody. Great to see all of you here this morning. So great to see people coming back uh, into the building and uh, feel a little bit more free with the, the mask things and the distance and all that stuff. And that's wonderful. I want to encourage you to, to come back, to keep coming back. Stay healthy. Obviously, of course, we need to do those things. Uh, and, and please be sure to fill out the Connect card. That's just something that, that one of the ways that we, we stay connected with each other, even if we're regular attenders here online or, or in person, we still want you to fill out a Connect card every time you're here and drop it in the basket on your way out. And uh, appreciate that very much. Don't forget the prayer requests. It's very important. And also another way that we, uh, we, we, we strengthen our faith is by practicing a spiritual discipline that I call generosity. And we have some principles that we follow as we are generous with each other. And I'd like you to read this principle out loud with me, would you please? We give sacrificially and not from a surplus. And here's a scripture to remind us uh, about that. Read this with me also, would you please? And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God from Hebrews Chapter 13, verse 16. Uh, there's an offering envelope on your tables or on your chair for you to uh, make a contribution to the work that God is doing to show your, share your generosity. You know, one of the great things about our congregation is that we, we are very uh, flexible and able to respond to local needs, whether it's an individual need or, or, or an organization that, uh, that we support. And that's all because of your generosity. Uh, so know that when you're giving, you're exercising your faith and you're, you're, you're expanding the work of God in our area. And we're so grateful for that. Uh, let me invite you to stand together as we continue singing and worshiping God. I'm going to offer a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for being with us today. Thank you for this time of worship. Thank you for hearing our prayers and coming and being present with us uh, in everything that we do. Continue, Lord, as the scripture says, you inhabit the praises of your people. So as we sing to you, whether we're in the room or whether we're at home, we ask you, Lord, listen to your people and come and be present with us today. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's continue to worship the Lord today. When Jesus died on the cross, the day that he died... The veil in the temple was split from top to bottom. And what that did for us is it gave us access into the throne room of God. Amen? No more did the blood of animal sacrifices have to atone for our sin, but we could go boldly to the throne of God, and that's where we want to go today. Amen?
into your throne room to receive mercy and grace in our time of need. And Lord, we thank you for the name that is above every name. That the name of Jesus, the scripture says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. That Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you. You were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord Most High. Your hidden glory in creation, now You have no right. 
name than the name of Jesus. Can we all just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you right now in that most perfect of names, the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you for Jesus today. Heavenly Father, we ask that you will just lean down and hear our, our prayers today, dear God. We ask today, dear God, that you feed us. We're hungry, O Lord, for your word. We need to know what thus saith the Lord for us today. Father God, we thank you for the great man of God you brought before us to lead our church and also to feed us your word right from the table of heaven. We thank God for Pastor Roger and First Lady Carolyn. We ask that you continue to bless them. And even as they travel out of the state, this coming week. Keep them safe, O oh God, from all hurt, harm, and danger. Give your angels charge over them, dear God. Give them travel mercies out to the West Coast and back again. And let them enjoy their, their vacation as well as the meeting they're going to. Lord, we just ask that you will open the windows of our understanding today, dear God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Open the eyes of our heart. We want to see Jesus. We want to hear the word of God, preached by the man of God. Father, we're here to give you honor, glory, and all of our attention. We know in this room right now, angels that you promised are here with us, are standing at attention because the word of God is being opened. Thank you for letting us share in this divine privilege. These and all blessings we ask. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Rebecca, down to their classes. Okay. I will be in the back. <laughs> the Gospels tell us a lot about the character of Jesus through its descriptive terms. We see him as teacher, healer, redeemer, savior, messiah. But the busyness of life and the cares of this world threaten to crowd all that out and make it seem like just a huge jumbled mess. When we truly invite Jesus to guide our lives and our thoughts, 
He'll show us who he really is. Mark my words. It wasn't too long ago, and if you can remember a year from now, you got a pretty good memory. But all of us were inundated with these things, right? The masks that we had to put over. Do you remember your first experience putting a mask on? I do. And it didn't take long for me to get... Um, as that mask stayed on my face, it didn't take long for me to notice that there's a problem with the air that I'm breathing. The more I breathed, the more uncomfortable the odor got. And I thought, where is that smell coming from? And then there's that realization that says, that's coming from inside me. <laughs> And we're talking about that a little bit today. We're talking about the stuff that comes out of us from inside us. Jesus has a story to tell about that. But I, I imagine as I, as I realized what was happening because of my bad breath, then I got thinking about, boy, I wish I had taken stock out in Tic Tacs or uh, Mentos or gum companies because all of a sudden everybody was buying mints and gum to, to, because we couldn't stand to be with ourselves. Have you ever been, been in that kind of situation? You think about Jesus and about bad breath. And did Jesus have bad breath? <laughs> all these important questions we ask. But it wasn't, you know, they didn't have modern dentistry back then, and they didn't understand medical science the way we understand medical science. But let's not think about that any, any, uh, any more than just that. In our series, Mark My Words, we're in chapter 7 of the book of Mark today, and we're still asking the question, who is Jesus? And as we're going through this, we're remembering that in each chapter of Mark, we're answering that question with just one word. And so just to review very quickly, we have, we have learned that Jesus is awesome, that Jesus is our healer, that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is teacher, He is supreme. And last week, Pastor Vaughn led us in learning that Jesus is the dispatcher. He sends out his people with an important message to people who need to hear an important message. He dispatches us just like when somebody needs 911, they call who? The dispatcher. And say, send help. Jesus also does that in our lives. He is our dispatcher. He sends help. To us. Today we hear that Jesus is pure. That's our word for today. Jesus is pure, and Jesus calls us to be like he is pure. Jesus has called us to be pure like him. I remember when I was probably 13 years old, and uh, I created an embarrassing moment for myself. I was at an all-night youth event. You know, one of those lock-ins. We call them lock-ins because we're locking the kids in there, and the kids are all excited to be spending all night together, and they can play games and do all kinds of things. But we're also locking in the chaperones and the adults to be in there, and the adults are dreading every moment of every night, and it's like the longest night ever, <laughs> if you've ever been in that situation. So there I was, about 13 years old, at one of these lock-ins, and I was excited to be there. 
And uh, at that time I was living on the farm and we were playing all kinds of games. And apparently one of the games that we were playing involved a lot of physical activity. And I had been running around and I got hot and sweaty and tired. And I decided I need to sit down and play another game. So there's some other kids at another table. I decided to join them there and uh, playing some kind of board game. So there I was sitting at this table playing a board game. And all of a sudden, I feel somebody looking over my shoulder. And I turn to look, and I notice that there's a girl named Sheila. And as soon as I turned to notice Sheila, I saw Sheila jump back away from me. And as she jumped back, I heard her make a noise. And the noise that she went sounded something like this. It was, Oof. And I wonder, well, why did she pull back away from me like that so quickly and make that noise? And so then I kind of paid attention to where she was going and what she was doing. I kept playing, playing the game with the others. But I could overhear Sheila meeting with some other girls over here. And this is what Sheila said to her friends. Oh, I just got a big whiff of Raj. He stinks. <laughs> oh, horrible thing. I was 13 years old. I think that was the day that I decided I needed to use more deodorant and I certainly needed to take more showers. This was my thinking. You know, I thought I grew up growing up on a farm and, and I thought I, every day I was out with the cows and I figured as long as I didn't smell as bad as the cows, I was doing okay. I learned there are other standards of cleanliness than just that high bar <laughs> that I had set for myself. Well, uh, there I was. Jesus is talking to us in this parable about being clean. But not being clean in the sense that I had to learn how to clean myself more, uh, more appropriately. But Jesus is talking about a different kind of clean. So let's go to Mark chapter 7 and hear what Jesus is saying. I'm going to read Mark chapter 7, all the verses 1 through 20. And it's kind of a long reading, so you can follow along on the screen if you want, uh, or uh, on your own Bible. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. One day, some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. I don't know exactly where Jesus was or how far they had to travel, but they came it purposefully to see Jesus. And they noticed that some of his disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand washing before eating. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands as required by their ancient traditions. Similarly, they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. This is but one of many traditions they have clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of religious law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples follow your, our age-old traditions? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. Jesus replied, You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. Now, when you come to church and I'm preaching, we're in, a, we're in a culture and in an environment when many of us don't like to be confronted with 
the truth, (laughs) and even lies. We just don't like confrontation in our world. And so when when you come into a church today, you expect to be treated kindly, treated well, and, and I expect to treat you well. There are times, though, when difficult messages have to be proclaimed, whether it's private or in public, but it's still difficult for us to hear. But especially when we're in public and we hear something that makes us feel uncomfortable and and is coming at us, we have a tendency to want to just get up and walk away. Can you imagine the, the people who came to see Jesus deliberately are being confronted by Jesus. He's calling all of them out. It's a generalized accusation. You hypocrites, Jesus says to them. Isaiah was right. We're at verse 6. These people honor me with their lips. He's quoting from the book of Isaiah. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce because they teach man-made ideas as if they are commands from God. For you ignore God's law and substitute it for your own tradition. And then he says, you skillfully sidestep, sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. For instance, Moses gave you this law from God, honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. But you say it's all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I vowed to give God what I would have given to you. And in this way, You let your people disregard their needy parents. And so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And this is only one example among many others. He's putting it right out there. Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. Can imagine it's interesting as we read this story the different audiences to whom Jesus is speaking, and that the quoting of Isaiah and that passage was directly to the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law. And now he's broadening his audience. He's calling the crowd to come closer to him and hear. And he says these words: All of you, listen. And try to understand. That reminds me of a movie that came out many, many years ago. Um, The Santa Claus movies with Tim. What's his last name? Tim Allen. Right. And in that first movie, there's Bernard, the head elf, trying to explain to Tim Allen's character as as the Santa Claus that you are now the Santa Claus and you have to do these things because you read the Santa Claus you know that sort of and and Tim Allen can't can't get it Santa Claus doesn't understand what's happening and finally Bernard shouts try to understand this and you can hear a pin drop in the factory of all the other elves and all the other elves go try Jesus is saying come on people Try to understand this. And he continues. It's not what goes in your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes out of your heart. 
like that mask on my face was offensive to my nose and my breathing. And it wasn't anything around me. It was what was coming out of me that was offensive. And then Jesus went to a house to get away from the crowd and his disciples asked him what he meant by the parable he had just that, just used. And he turns to his own disciples. Remember, change in his audience. Now it's just his disciples. And he gets in their face. He says, don't you understand either? Can't you see that the food you put in your body cannot defile you? Food doesn't go into your heart, but it only passes through your stomach and then goes into the sewer. And by saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. And then Jesus added, It is what comes from inside that defiles you, for from Within, out of a person's heart come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All of these vile things come from within, and they are what defile you. Jesus is talking about being clean, being pure, being holy. And he has this long list of things that cause us to be unclean and unholy. God calls us to be pure and holy because he is a pure and holy God. God calls us to be pure and holy just like he is pure and holy. He created us in His image. Why would we expect that our lives would show any unholiness if God, who is holy, created us in His image? The Pharisees and the teachers of the law clearly pretended to be clean. They went through this, the exercise of pouring a little bit of water over their hands and dipping their hands into water and saying, okay, I'm clean, I can eat now. They had no understanding of what we do about why that washing was physically important. They had no understanding of that. And even without that understanding, they refused to obey God. But they went through the motions to do it without understanding that God's talking about the inner purity. And Jesus called them out. And we need to notice that these that Jesus is calling out were not the first people to have this heart issue with God. Because Jesus quotes Isaiah, who probably was four or five, maybe six, seven hundred years before Jesus came. So for generations, the people have been failing to do and be who God wanted them to be. They had focused far more on the outside cleanliness Then on the inner purity, we're talking about holiness. We don't hear that word much these days. We can go back to the book of Leviticus in chapter 11, verses 41 through 45, where God sets up this this practice. And he's, he's instructing his people on what they can eat, what they cannot eat. And and all of God's laws are not designed to ruin our lives. How many children have have (laughs) screamed back at their parents 
at the, at the parents' expectations or the parents' teaching or the boundaries that parents have set and the, the, the son or the daughter says, you're just trying to ruin my life. No, we're not. We're trying to guide your life so that you can live long. As Spock says, live long and prosper. But do you know that's in the Bible too? And Spock didn't quote the Bible. <laughs> God says, follow me in my ways and you will live long and you will have a good life. Follow my ways. So these are some of the ways that God taught. Back in the book of Leviticus, chapter 11 says, All small animals that scurry along the ground are detestable, and you must never eat them. This includes all animals that slither along on their bellies. Okay, I'm okay with that. As well as those with four legs and those with many feet. Insects, centipedes, creepy crawlies. <laughs> All such animals that scurry along the ground are detestable, and you must never eat them. Do not defile yourselves by even touching them. You must not make yourselves ceremonially unclean because of them. Why? Because I am the Lord your God. You must consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am holy. So, or therefore, do not defile yourselves with any of these small animals that scurry along the ground. For I, the Lord, am the one who brought you up from the land of Egypt, that I might be your God. Therefore, you must be holy, because I am holy. We in the church talk about being saved a lot. And do you think about what we're saved from? And then do you think about what we're saved for? Too many times we talk about being saved as being saved from something and we stop there. Yes, God saves us from punishment of our sins. Yes, God saves us from, Jesus died on the cross to save us from eternal separation from God. And the Bible has many descriptions of what that, what that separation, that eternal separation with God might look like and what it might feel like. Not pleasant in any of those descriptions. And that's what we're saved from. But if that's the only place that you're stopping in your understanding of salvation, you're missing 99% of what God wants to do in your life. He's saving you for something. I don't put money in the bank just to save it from being spent. I put money in the bank to save it for a greater purpose. And so God doesn't just save you from destruction he is saving you for something. And are you moving in that direction? Are you, are you moving toward what God has saved you for? For thousands of years. And we need to be aware of what we are being saved from and what we are being saved for. It's not just a calling from sin. Salvation is a total turnaround that calls, calls us to live life in a completely new direction. 
Jesus describes salvation to a Pharisee. He's teaching, talking to the Pharisees. One of those Pharisees was named Nicodemus. And in the book of John, Jesus talks with this man, Nicodemus, and he describes salvation in this way. Not simply as forgiveness of sin. Instead, Jesus describes salvation in totally new terms. And Jesus says to Nicodemus, you must be born anew. Nicodemus is confused. He's a grown man, and he asks Jesus, how can, a, how can a grown man enter his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus says, I think this is one of the places he says, with God it's possible. And he says, you must be born, for that's birth from the water, but you must also be born of the Spirit. Inside, you must be born again. The Apostle Paul talks about that fullness of salvation when he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Because God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation so that we are Christ's ambassadors. We are Christ's ambassadors. We are ones who are sent. Another word for this this word ambassador is apostle. We are God's apostle. We are Christ's apostle. The word apostle simply means someone who is sent. Last week, Pastor Vaughn taught this, being dispatched. And all of us are dispatched into this world that needs to hear the good message of Jesus. Because this world is calling out to somebody to help. And some of them are calling out to the wrong thing. And they're getting the, getting the wrong number. Because they're not getting Jesus' number. So Paul says, verse 20, God is making his appeal through us. And when we speak for Christ, when we plead to others, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin. So that we could be made right with God through Jesus Christ. This is what God is doing. Paul's description of salvation does not stop with Christ's sacrificial offering for us, but Christ's purpose in dying on the cross was to make a way for something more. What is that? Holiness in his people. To bring glory to God, but also to fulfill the purpose that God has for our lives. To be holy as God is holy. We are saved from that stench that is caused by our sinfulness. That stench that Sheila observed coming off my body. I was not meant for that. 11, 12, 13 year old guys, you're not meant for that. (laughs) You're meant for something more. We are forgiven of our sins that cause us to be separated from God because a holy God cannot be with an unholy person any more than Sheila could stand beside me. My stench broke my fellowship with Sheila. 
and the stench of sin breaks our fellowship with God. The two can't exist together. We are saved (laughs) from the stench of sin by the cleansing work of Jesus Christ on the cross. We are saved for His holiness in our lives. As God is holy, our lives are to reveal God's holy glory in every way. And if you think you're fooling God by keeping a little unholy pot over here of something, you're fooling only yourself. And our lives are to be Christ a, like a Christ-like fragrance that is pleasing to God. That's Scripture. And Paul also writes in 2 Corinthians that we need to be cleaned as Jesus cleans us from the inside out. Who is Jesus that He can make us holy? He Himself is the only pure and holy sacrifice that suffices to make us holy. He is the only pure and holy sacrifice that suffices to make us holy. And when we place our trust in Jesus, this first aspect of holiness becomes a reality in our lives. And that is that in that moment of saying, Jesus, take my sins away, forgive me for all of them. We are made holy so that we can stand in the presence of God without fear and trembling because Jesus has taken the punishment of our sin for us. And He has taken our hand and He has ushered us into the presence of God. And because of Jesus, we are made able, holy, pure, to stand in front of God. But there's more to the holiness than just that moment. There's, there, there's a process that God wants us to go through. We, we as human beings, any living thing grows and matures and develops. And God is growing and maturing us. I had an experience just yesterday where I could feel my emotions coming up. And, and, and I wasn't sure that how I expressed my emotions was the best and helpful way for the relationship that I have with the people around me. And I had to make a phone call yesterday afternoon and say, I'm sorry for speaking to you that way. That's sanctification, the process of being made holy. That word sanctification simply means holiness. And so as we grow in our likeness of Christ, God is constantly doing things in our lives to say, okay, you messed that up, Roger. Confess it and draw on my holiness and I will transform your life. I got a basket of fruit over here. Basket. I got a table full of fruit. Camera's going to flip over here. And we all like to go to the grocery store and buy fresh fruit. But I went to the grocery store and I bought rotten fruit. Let me show you some of the rottenness. This is a nice, beautiful cantaloupe. But can you see that? What camera are we on here? There we go. That is not a nice piece of fruit. I'm going to stick my finger in it. Ooh. You should have heard that sound. I should have put it up. That is nasty. We're not going to eat that. That's awful. <laughs> here's, a, here's an avocado that I pulled apart last night. Ooh, lovely. Here's a strawberry. This one's got some nice white stuff. Want some strawberry shortcake? Let's have some strawberry shortcake. Mm-mm-mm. 
God desires to produce fruit in our lives. And sin in our lives comes from the inside out. And God wants us to be made clean and holy. But a lot of times when we come to God, when we come to God, we're bringing him this kind of fruit in our lives. And saying, Jesus, here's my life. Isn't this pleasing? No, we need to be honest. You know, say, Jesus, let's take this one. This one looks okay from this side. And we say, Jesus, take my life. Jesus looks it over and says, no, that's not what I want. Let me clean that up for you. Uh. (laughs) I got a little messy. Jesus teaches us what things make us unholy. And this is a long list. He says, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you and he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce and they teach man-made ideas, man-made ideas as if they were commands from God. And then he gets even more personal when he, when he adds in Mark 7, 20, it says, it's, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. If I ate this fruit, I would put it inside me. It would defile me. But, gee, but it would ruin me. And then what would come out of me would be even worse. He says, from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts. Ever have an evil thought? Sexual immorality. This word sexual immorality... Is, is extremely broad. And the Bible over and over again affirms that what God's intention for our sexuality is for an intimate relationship between a man and a woman who are married as husband and wife. That's God's teaching. So any of us who have acted out of that have committed sexual immorality. And, and don't turn and look at somebody else or don't think in your mind, ooh, somebody else needs to hear this message because I'm pretty convinced if we're all honest, every one of us has committed some kind of sexual immorality. So don't think somebody else needs to hear this message. But listen to what God is saying to you. And sexual immorality is not the, is not the worst sin It's not the only sin. There's no grade of sin. Sin is sin. So let's continue with the list that Jesus, just in case we think, okay, I'm off the hook because I'm not sexual. I never committed a sexual immorality. It's just theft. Have you ever taken anything that wasn't yours? Not not something that you just didn't get caught for it. Because God knows. I'll save my story for another day. Murder? Jesus said, if you're angry at another, you've committed murder in your heart. Adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander. How many times a day do we look at somebody at work or even in our families and we say, oh, so-and-so is a blah, 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 blah. Slander, pride. And foolishness. All these vile things come from within. And these are the things that defile you. These are the things that rot your soul. It's a long list and it convicts everyone in this room and everyone listening.
Jesus lists these things that are a stench in his nostril of the Lord. But how can we get clean from all these things? Good question. Thanks be to God. Through the cleansing work of Jesus Christ who died on the cross, the penalty for all our sin is forgiven. And then Jesus gives us His Holy Spirit to create us anew. The old is gone. The new has come. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, For God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. And He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making an appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Good news. Jesus not only forgives our rottenness. He puts a new seed in there and begins to grow new fruit. Fruit that is pleasing. A pleasing fragrance to God who created us in his image. Let's take a moment now as we continue to worship and pray together to think about what God is doing in your life. And don't think about how bad somebody else is. Don't think about what this person did against you. Think about what God wants to do in your life. And ask, God, how do you want to make me clean? And maybe you don't get a clear answer to that, but all you can say is, Jesus, I know I know there's rot in my life. Please forgive me. Come and take it out. Put in me a new spirit and a right heart, O oh God. I invite you, if you're here in the room, let's stand together as we continue to sing and pray. The platform area is open for you to come and kneel here to pray together, and others can come, make them pray with you, or you can meet them at the prayer stations. If you're online, I encourage you to fill out one of those connect cards and make your confession there. These are private things. And, uh, or you just want to say, hey, Pastor, I'd like you to call me, or let's have some conversation about this. But let's come to God humbly, seeking the transforming love of Jesus Christ in our lives. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time, for this work, for this good message. Lord, forgive us for all for our sins. Even those of us who have committed to follow you for many, many years, we still mess up. But we need your holiness every day and your Holy Spirit to come. Come, give us your sense of forgiveness. Take away the guilt. Help us to commit ourselves to constantly depend on you and lean on you. To breathe in you so that we can breathe out your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. about consider what we've heard this morning from the word of God.
God, as we go into this world this week, as we take your word, as we take your light, as we take your love, we pray that you would empower us and strengthen us. Strengthen us and empower us by the Holy Spirit and with the love of Jesus in our lives. And Lord, as we come in contact with people, that they would see you in us and they would want to know you. We thank you for that in Jesus' name and everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. The front area is still open.